Welcome to the Limitation Is Amarized podcast. Today, I have a super awesome guest that is not only a guest, but also one of my mentors. So it's great when I get to bring a mentor on. So Neil is a business networking coach, uh, but way more than that. Um, I was just saying before the podcast, I wouldn't have stuck around if it was just marketing. Um, but everything that comes into the marketing that most people overlook, like the fact that you're going to be stressed, you're going to need to deal with family life, real life, everything that goes on. And just because you have a specific plan doesn't mean you have to stick to it. And if you didn't, you fucked the whole thing up. Uh, so that's my best intro that I could think of, because that's what goes on in my head whenever I think when people ask me who you are, I'm like, he's this guy who fixes this, but all this other shit as well. Uh, so for anyone listening that doesn't, doesn't quite understand what that we rant was. Do you want to give a brief intro as to what you're all about? So first welcome and what's the crack? Thank you so much for, for having me on massively. Appreciate you as always, my man. And uh, yeah, fun, fun intro. Um, <laughs> like, like, like we were saying beforehand, like I, I was like, no, I'm, I'll give you zero context and just see what you come out with <laughs> yeah. on the other side. Awesome. Um, when people discover us for the for the first time most people look at us as uh marketing success coaches for online coaches consultants anybody who needs to generate leads and sales for an impact driven business um however when they get involved with us they realize that albeit that we don't really advertise it on the front end we're so focused on the human being themselves mm -hmm. as well so it's not that we are we're certainly not therapists or anything like that but we really, really care about the human being and the marketing systems that they put in place don't just generate leads and sales, but also suit them that, uh, you know, they're aligned with the type of person that they are. It doesn't take over their life. They aren't working seven days a week. They have time to step away, pardon me, step away and have hobbies, family time, et cetera, whatever it may be as well. So albeit that we come up with three to five strategies for every single person to implement and turn into a repeatable system. We're also very focused on making sure that the human being themselves is becoming uh, increasingly more happy, less stressed um, as they go through the journey. I love that idea of like you do the three strategies, but again, whenever I joined, I thought it was just going to be sort of cookie cutter with a wee bit of this is for you, Liam, and it'll be fine. But then it wasn't, it was, we have an option of like 70 things, but we'll know from this conversation, which three are the main for you to focus on. And like, I've met loads of marketers over the years and there's only a couple I still interact with at all because they're the ones that look at the human behind the business rather than the business will sort everything else out. They're like, if you're not working to your own optimal level, then you're not going to get anywhere. Uh, so whenever, whenever I joined, that was probably again, cause you don't promote it. That was my biggest, shock is the wrong word but i can't think of a different one but that was my biggest shock within that community and i say community because again i've been in marketing groups where we're groups of people asking questions and waiting for the king or queen to come and answer whereas i know i can put a question day or night any time of the week and like 10 people will answer me with their different takes so how do you think you created successful business people but like really zoomed in on the community aspect and the fact that like everybody gets on and like how did you create that the the main thing with the community side of things is and this isn't going to sound appealing to a lot of people on the front end of it but i'll tell you why it should be appealing on the back end is that we turn a lot of people away <laughs> And there's a lot of people that try to sign up for the private coaching and um, albeit that the money's right there in front of us, we could easily take it. Um, and they are technically coaches or consultants. They're not the right fit for the community itself. Mm -hmm. And the community is so aligned with the, the same type of people. People are doing completely different things in coaching and consulting, but they're just inverted commas, lovely people whilst they're doing amazing work, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly um case in point um, We're humble as well yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah it, it's just an amazing room and like when you go to the weekly live q a's the group itself when you ask a question when people intro themselves when they come into the group the the monthly masterminds or the in-person live events you just see people just like they just flock together and they just, they build these friendships and everything's fun. People are smiling. People are happy. 
people are bouncing ideas and supporting each other and like i hate confrontation like i randomly really like like jujitsu and fighting and things like that but (laughs) i hate i hate confrontation in terms of like uh like arguing and things like Mm -hmm. that and unfortunately i've got probably more of it in my life than i have done it in a long time because people don't take very well to you saying that it's not going to be a good fit to work together and that really does not go down well at all but we've ended up in this amazing space where we're like wow we've actually got so many people in here now and the community is absolutely amazing that we don't need one person to come in here and sort of disrupt the 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 entire feel you know that they're mm-hmm. all about the money and they're about you know telling lies in their marketing and, and everything <laughs> like that and you know they're going to hero that and they're going to discredit you know authenticity and thing, things along those lines that's not going to be good people coming in and um you know i i, I don't know like t- telling people to like pull up their socks or something if, if somebody's having a bad day no we want people to be supportive of the people who are inside the group because like business even with the greatest game plan is never going to be 365 days of upward momentum there's Mm going to be days when you don't feel great there's going to be days when you just have a really bad sleep or you're you're ill or something and the idea of going and doing the next seven days of work is is like pretty torturous there's so many times when you're going to need the support of the people around you to bring you up like a thermostat and um the opposite would happen if there was somebody in there like you, you hear me swear all the time, but like, I don't do it in an offensive way. And yeah. you know, that there's some people that say it in a really offensive way and it's every third word and they do it very openly. Like you would never see me for the most part, I think, um, <laughs> like in written word, use a swear word. I use it quite casually when it's like, it's there and it's usually kind of in like a jokey way, mm-hmm. but there's, there's some people who, who use like extremely, <laughs> extremely bad language in in the sense that you know there's other people watching on who would be offended by hearing it and so we're very careful basically is the is the reason why the community is so good but then on the other side of it if you did listen to that and think well you know you're leaving money on the table and that's what we hear a lot of the time like oh you call yourself a business coach and like you're leaving money on the table (laughs) like (laughs) okay 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 right i hear that one a lot by the way um but on the other side of it, that's why retention is so good mm-hmm. because people don't want to leave the community. The, commu- the, the community has so much value. They feel so connected with the people who are within it. Um, and right down to myself and the success coaches that are inside the group as well. So I see it as a positive business move, albeit that we could have a bigger year if we just took everybody in. It might not be good for the longevity of the business. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we'd end up with a lot more hassle in in the business as well so for, for yeah, me me- mentally you're you're like what i'm hearing is you're thinking about the mental side of it as well as the business so you could take everyone on and make which everyone does and, and i've been told to do it in the past take every client that comes in your door and then you're like i've got one that's a fucking nightmare now because of you let tell me to take everybody in <laughs> i tend to curse quite a bit um i spent years <laughs> not cursing online and it was a real struggle to hold back so now i just if it comes out it comes out um, one of the things that really attracted me to the to your stuff was how open you are about your life as well. So again, it's not just business. Like you talk about, and you mentioned it there, uh, you don't like confrontation, but you like jujitsu and things. Which now I think, if you dress and you're your gi for those sorts of calls, the people don't like confrontation, and they'll they'll know to just back off straight away. But yeah. you also talk about like businesses that failed in the past and like going on on you make sure you work until your wife's off and then you get to go on date night and, and all that sort of stuff so I, I have a lot of people that, that i work with that want to start a business but have no idea where to go or what to do or how to create a balance have you any advice for people just wanting to get going in this to that so they aren't listening to the you have to grind 24 7 and you have to give up your entire life and focus on this and take every client and every penny that's offered to you what would be your advice on liam starting out if i was like right this is me new where to go if you were just starting out and especially if you're still employed at this moment as well i would probably go with the the idea of this being a bit of a side hustle initially and it all starts with content audience and content so 
content will help build the audience, but also warm them up into a place in which you actually can launch a product instead of just trying to come out the gates and say, Hey, by the way, I now do this. And do you want to buy it? It's going to fall flat on its face. And it's very difficult to relaunch a product. It's much easier to build up the audience, not have anything to sell. And then a couple of months or three months or four months down the line, when the moment is right to tell them, Hey, I've got this amazing thing. I'm going to bring on just 10 people to beta test it initially and you've got all of these people to aim at because you've been sharing great content and building that audience to get that first 10 over the line they become your case studies they're the people that you share the stories of they're the people that you prove that your system works and then off the back of that you'll have a lot more people coming directly to you and then at that stage then you can move into building uh, repeatable systems that can generate the clients as well as them just naturally coming to you um and that's what I would run with in terms of, you know, if somebody right now is listening and they're uh, currently employed and they're thinking about uh, starting a business, especially if it's in the coaching or consultant space, that's the exact route that I would take. Almost look at it like I'm not going to be selling a product for the next three months, but content starts today. Engaging with people starts today um, and just be consistent with it. That's exactly what I did when I moved from the consultancy space, which was a complete word of mouth business, by the way, because well we we took on one client and it, it went absolutely bananas and that story spread pretty quickly so we didn't talk about being consultants for for a long time and um people were then like oh if you can't take us on if there's no if there's no space then can you just teach us or teach us facebook ads or whatever and so i built a course um but when i knew i was going to be building the course albeit that a few people had asked for it i was like like nobody even knows to really do this. Like I, I need to start talking about it. Yeah. And so I actually had about three months or four months until I was going to be launching the thing. And I just started sharing content. I just started posting every single day on the same Instagram page that I used to only share pictures of uh, my girlfriend and any animals that we were fostering at the time. I then switched shifts pretty quickly to Facebook ads <laughs> and started telling everybody about how to run successful Facebook ads, um, which ended up actually in a lot of um, people unfollowed me where, where initially you're supposed to be uh, building up the audience. I very quickly realized when I, I switched shifts, um, I was going to lose a lot of people that were there for, for the, for the puppies. <laughs> uh, so uh, I was okay with that because I knew what was happening. Um, but that, that would be where I would go with this if you're a brand new business. And on the other side of your question, where, where you were talking about like how much do you have to hustle and things like that. In the earlier days of your business, you're going to have to work harder than further down the line. Like three years from now, Liam, you won't be working anywhere as hard as you're working today, for example. And it's the same thing with me. That's good. Three years from now, I'm probably not. <laughs> what? That's good. I, I like the sound of that. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, yeah, even myself, like three years from now, I'll probably be working less or have less stress in, in my business life that, than I do uh, than I do today, at least optionally. Anyway, it mm -hmm. depends on what it is that you want out of your business. And, you know, like today has been really, really efficient. And it's to the point in which technically after this, I don't actually have to do anything else today, but I like doing stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I like moving the business forward. And I actually enjoy being in the business. So for me, I've now written down a couple of things that I'm going to do after this. Um, and yeah, that I'm going to go and create basically. So you, you have more options further down the line is, is more the thing, but you will have to work harder in the earlier days of your business. But the biggest mistake you can make is working around the clock, not taking care of yourself. And then therefore your work is really inefficient. Your decision-making is really poor and uh, your, your products actually become really difficult to sell. People can tell that you're burnt out, that you're not enjoying this, that you don't want to be here. It shines through. Like people yeah. can tell if they're on a call with me, how passionate I am about the private coaching, how much I actually want to coach them, how much I want to build their game plan, how much I want to be on that call with them and how much I want to see them grow and how confident I am that this is the very thing that can help them get there. And it's just me just speaking from my heart, but yeah. they, they're like, I'm bought in by how bought in you are. And like I've <laughs> yeah. heard that a whole bunch of times as well. And it, it shines through, but it's because I'm well rested. I get to actually enjoy my work. I work really hard. Like mm -hmm. I, I work a lot of hours um, and 
Um, I do put plenty of time aside for exercise, for time with my wife. Tomorrow, she she's off tomorrow, so I'm working in the morning. Uh, from about lunchtime, I'll be completely off for the rest of the day. I put those times aside, but when I'm working, I'm on, like, yeah. <laughs> like re- really, really on it. Um, and I think it comes down to the fact that I'm like, I'm well rested. I take care of like my mental health as well as like my physical health. Um, and I'm doing a, a job that I enjoy as well. So I know, awesome. I know that, there's... that went round in a few circles there, but I was going to say, there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, I'll <laughs> use an example for whatever you were saying about people buying in how passionate you are and you love what you're doing. Um, on Wednesday, I asked you a question in the Q and a that I was like, this will sort out my next five minutes, then I'll work out what to do. And I said at the end of your answer, fuck's sake, I thought I'd five minutes sorted now of three weeks planned out <laughs> now ahead. I know what I'm doing for the next three weeks. And again, that was, well, you had no prep time for that, but because you do what you do all the time and you love what you do, it just like was like a stream of consciousness just came out and I'm like, at the end, I didn't even write anything. I'm like, I'll just watch this back. It's too much. And just went back over it. Um, so I can attest to that, that your, your passion for it just shines through and that's saves, saves me. I used to do what you were saying there. I used to go in and I'd be like, I, I, I'm going to work and I'm going to get stuff done. And I might do 12 hours in a day and be like, right, I did quite a bit there. That's good. And now when I'm more systemized and I have more of a plan and a structure, I might do three hours in a day and be like, that was so much more productive than those 12 hours ever, ever were. And even the notes that I have about that for, like, if you come into this room, like the room looks set up really well, but if you've seen the rest of the room, it's a, it's a complete <laughs> mess. But if you come in, you could take five minutes and read some things and go, oh, I know what you're doing for the next three months, Liam. Like, because it's all it's all there laid out. Um, one of the other things that I liked that you said was um, starting out don't just flip the switch and become a thing with a product and be like, I know I'm this person and I now sell this. Like you see it all the time. And um, like I was a kinesiologist for a very long time. I suppose I still am a kinesiologist. doesn't just go away. But whenever I was just practicing it, I would see people go to get like a massage a couple of times. And then a week later, they're like, here's my qualification. You can book me. And you're like, what? You're now just a masseuse or you're now a consultant in some way or you're now a PT or whatever and they didn't they, they no talking about what they did and then straight into buy this product and then when it doesn't work they'd come to me and go how come you have a successful kinesiology practice and I don't like well <laughs> I've been doing this for 14 years and building it you just appeared out of nowhere and decided you sell something so hopefully that will give people who are listening an idea of oh it isn't just an overnight thing this is something that you build on and I think from watching your stuff and being around you guys is that if I knew this ages ago, I would have started whilst I was doing my qualifications. I would have started just talking about going through my training. This is what it's like when I'm doing my hypnotherapy training. I'm in the middle of temple bar, sticking people's arms to their heads and stuff like that. So it would build some sort of, instead of, cause I did that, I appeared. Now I'm a hypnotherapist as well. You're like, <laughs> what, where did you get that out of? Oh, I've been studying for five years, but I didn't talk about it because I wasn't qualified, but now hire me to do this thing. Um, so hopefully that gives people a bit of, that's what I took away from what you were saying there. The, this is going to be something I just thought I would touch on. I already know, um, some of the story, but obviously the listeners won't cause they haven't met you yet, but obviously you didn't just start with a successful business that was easy and you just super buff love and life were, a magnificent beard and just taking in the cash because people are going to look at this and go look at him he's got a nice fancy house and a mic and a beard it's easy for him but you didn't start this way like did you no <laughs> no not at all um i i came out of university i studied sport and exercise science for for a start so absolutely not related in the slightest um <laughs> But I, I was always really into business from a young age. I loved watching The Apprentice on TV and like anything that I could read or see about business, I was always interested in it. And I even, I remember it being in high school and saying I, I wanted to study business at, in university and they were like, well, you like I, I'm from the Highlands of Scotland, there is no such thing as any of the qualifications <laughs> required to get into business. They have like three classes, right? So it's hard enough to get into university in the first place. 
hence why I was doing sport and exercise science. Um, <laughs> but I went to university, spent a few years there. And I, I started off as a, a PR, uh, handing out flyers, which is going to be in the next uh, private podcast, by the way, for, for you guys, Liam. Um, a, funny, a funny story from that. But I did that, um, then became PR manager, then became event manager for the night that I ran, um, and then started running my own club nights on the other side of it. So I started to learn very much about the marketing and not just the business uh, fundamentals from there. And then when I graduated university, uh, I moved to Glasgow with the idea that I was going to start a business. But I had about 150 um, like business plans on my laptop. And I mean, for anything I saw, I'd like see a car go past and it would give me an idea for something. It would be something I had no expertise in whatsoever. And my friend actually said to me, look, the only two things that you really know are events and health and fitness. So why don't you just run a big health and fitness event? And I was like, great idea. <laughs> well, let's run the biggest health and fitness event that has ever been in Scotland at the biggest event venue in Scotland with the biggest brands and the biggest names in the industry and, and everything, even though we've got no contacts, I'm 2000 pounds in my student overdraft and uh, I've got no contacts, no, um, no ins, no funding, no loans, no rich parents, no, no, <laughs> no nothing to drop on um, at all. But I just thought that people would buy the idea in my head and it wasn't the case at all. We signed our lives away for hundreds of thousands of pounds in contracts for an absolutely ginormous venue, um, all of the suppliers, the carpet, the electrics, the staging, flooring, everything in between, then speakers, celebrities. There was so much expense. We signed our life away on it before we had sold a single ticket or a single stand for, for this exhibition. And uh, nobody would buy an exhibition stand. and Nobody would buy a ticket. And I was like, what are we going to do? And I, I don't mean like, oh, they wouldn't buy it after like a week. I mean, every single hour sleeping about two hours a night for probably about four months was just nonstop calling and hearing no chance, no chance, no chance, no chance. And uh, instead of beating the same drum, albeit that I did that wrongly up until that point, I decided to look for other solutions. Like if things aren't going to plan, you may as well look at another solution and see if there's something out there, see a pathway, if you will. And so I started turning to education. And so I started turning to um, blogs and videos and courses on marketing strategies and things like that. And there was a, a couple that I tried out that worked insanely well. And then I realized very quickly that, oh, I just need to do more of that. And then that turns into this and that turns into this and that turns into this. The thing that, that I, I found initially was influencer marketing, which at the time wasn't called influencer marketing. It was, it was just about um, collaborating, right? Mm -hmm. So it was about just you know collaborating with somebody else and borrow each other's audiences, which is something we still talk about now inside the private coaching. It's a, it's a great, great strategy. Yeah, what we're doing here now. Te technically <laughs> what we're doing here, we're collaborating, sure. Yeah. Um, but with the influencer marketing, uh, I realized we didn't have any money, so we couldn't pay anybody. But we did have what was going to be Scotland's biggest ever health and fitness event with, and I hope, thousands of people through the door. <laughs> and, you know, and uh, it's, at, it's at the biggest event venue. So we got to borrow that name, if you will. And then we just went out to a few celebrities in the space and said, you know, we'd love you to be there. We can't pay you, but we can put you on the posters. We can put you on the cover photo on Facebook. We can position you as the headliners of the entire event and mm. just hero you like that. So you can borrow that sort of authority status off the back of that and get what you need out of this event as well. And um, we got a, a bunch of yeses. We announced those people. And straight off the back of it, when we started telling people, um, uh, when we were trying to sell exhibition stands, such as this person's going to be there. 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 It was like, yeah, send me over the floor plan. would love to take a look at it. Yeah. And then they started, started booking. And then off the back of that, we actually got the, our first ever booking was a really big brand name. Um, luckily it was so funny. Actually, I had been hounding them and they just would not respond to me email after email, after email, after email, after email. 
And when they came back and said, yeah, we would like, uh, like to them, this is small, but to us, we were like, this is a huge stand. It was like eight meter by six meter stand. And um, they came back and they said, yeah, we want open on all four sides, eight meter by six meter stand or something like that. Um, can you send us across um, the floor plan to choose it and the invoice? Like they were that, like, it was like nothing to them, right? So they're saying, yeah. send us the invoice so we can clear it. And but what they had done is they had replied to me with a thread of like conversation <laughs> within. And they were like, this guy has been annoying me for months. And they were, they were like, they were like, oh, well, maybe this will shut him up. <laughs> <laughs> but I was, I was still like celebrating. I thought it was like the best thing ever. Um, but then we got to use the fact that they, they were at the event and that got the attention of the other big brand names. And so mm -hmm. we were borrowing the audiences and the authority status of the celebrities. We were borrowing the audiences and the authority status of the, the brands as well. And then before we knew it, we had a bunch of exhibitors, we had a bunch of celebrities, we had this overall show, and then we relaunched the tickets. But when we relaunched the tickets, we now had a show, like we had like everything that it was going to be. Something to sell the tickets with. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we even um, we even got the, the celebrities that were going to be there and the brands that were going to be there to announce that our tickets were on sale. And that got a ton of tickets sold uh, on the other side of that and we, we were sort of off to the races from that, from there. But albeit that this sounds like at that stage, oh man, so it, it turned around, it was that total success story. I mean, even at the point in which we had ran the first event, it was the most stressful thing I've ever done in my life. I went down to six and a half stone, which by the way, right now I'm about 12 and a half or 12 and three quarters stone. So about half my body weight that I am right now. Um, because yeah. I didn't eat, I wasn't sleeping, I was so stressed, I was like deep into depression continuously. Um, throughout that whole process, everybody was like, What a wild success that was! Everybody <laughs> was telling me, and I was like, Yeah, well, we're still about 65 grand in debt, and we need to find that now. And we don't yeah. have any rich people to bail us out. Um, and honestly, the only reason why we went into the second year was, well, first of all, there was that element of it, like, well, what are we going to do? Like file for bankruptcy at 21 years old. <laughs> and then on the, the other side of it was um, there was one guy who actually helped us run our strongman events. He ran Scotland's Strongest Man, was at our event and was at our event for five years. Um, so it was like the official Scotland's Strongest Man event. We had people pulling cars, Atlas Stones, doing all sorts, like in the room. It was and amazing. And you still six and a half stone at this point? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> You've seen the, the pictures of me standing beside Eddie Hall. It was like an absolute joke. It, looked, <laughs> it actually looked, we're standing beside each other, but it looks like he's like way in the front and it looks like I'm like at the back of the room. <laughs> it just doesn't look like two humans. Um, <laughs> but he he had um, done us an absolute solid. The guy that was running the Scotland's Strongest Man, he had put on the whole thing. We had agreed a fee. Um, it was only a few thousand pounds. It wasn't a lot in the grand scheme of what we were doing, right? But he was like, yeah, yeah, just get your show done. Like, pay me afterwards. No rush. It's all good. At the end of the show, we were like, we can't fold this show because he's too lovely. <laughs> <laughs> and if, if we fold the show we're like we can't pay him and so honestly like the next day after the show everyone was like oh are you taking a couple of months off i was like no tomorrow i need to start selling the stands again for the next one mm -hmm. um and so i would go straight back into it and we did it so that we could cash generate and pay him and everybody else that we owed it as well so we were starting at minus 65k instead of zero for for the next <laughs> one right and so we had we had to uh, fight through it for the next like two or three years. Uh, well, two years after that, it was basically show one to three were the most torturous ones. Um, but it was at that stage that we had sort of like turned the coin and we were now a profitable show. And we had the interest of investors, which was great. Um, and the people that ended up actually acquiring the entire business from us um, later down the line is somebody who actually invested in year three, they bought 25% of the show to see how it would go. And then on the other side of it, they were interested in taking the whole show. And that was like my ticket out of the thing because <laughs> it was so stressful. But man, it it, it was absolute torture. Um, I randomly, like, I don't know what way to take it in terms of 
what I would suggest to people off the back of it, because I, I'm driven to do what I do today because I don't want anybody to feel how I felt back then because it was the worst feeling in the world. It felt like there was never going to be a moment when I could get out of it. It, it got really, really dark and it was so continuous as well. It was like, mm-hmm. I don't see a moment when I, when I don't have to continue running this to try and fight bankruptcy. Wasn't <laughs> taking any money from it. Had debt collectors at the door. It was, it was rough. But uh, at the same time, it forced me to become a really good marketer with really low means. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ended up having to force myself to acquire a skill that was really valuable to other people that I learned in the future when I started doing consultancy, um, that I had a really, really high probability of, of getting them exceptional results on the other side as well, because it, it, it had actually, got, and you know, I hate talking like this, but just for context, the, the type of stuff I was able to give people even back then was so far ahead of what people would charge them like three, four K a month in an agency. Mm-hmm. And I, and I wasn't. <laughs> um, so I knew that for them, the ROI was going to be tremendous on the, on, on the other side of it. So albeit that I'd never want people to feel how I felt back then, I can also see why that was the precursor to everything that I have now of putting yeah. myself in, in that tough spot. So it did, it did create, a business that I absolutely love being a part of and running. Um, and it has resulted in, you know, um, business going well and, and everything that comes off the back of business going well, I guess. So I, ca- I can't hate on it too much. Um, I don't really like to look back on it, it, if you will. I don't really think about it. In fact, do you want to know the only time when I actively make a point of thinking about it? is if I'm stressed out and I go, imagine being back there. <laughs> yeah. And then instantly I'm not stressed again. And I'm like, oh, this is an absolute piece of cake. I can't believe I was stressed about doing this thing. Like yeah. uh, when I was about to go on stage at Expert Empires, I was like going up on stage in front of 400 people. And I was kind of like get, getting a little, a, a little bit stressed about it. And um, instantly I was just like, well, imagine you're walking into a show and you have no idea if there's going to be like, like 2000 people there or 10,000 people. And you've talked about there being at least 6,000 people. Like, you know, I, I was like, this is an absolute piece of cake walking mm-hmm. on this stage. This is, this is easy. So, yeah. That I love that story. Not cause you had to go through all the shit, but it just shows, shows the resilience and your ability to bounce back. And like you just pointed at the end of the conversation, that's like, I have a boat journey that I talk about. And I always say to myself, it's not nine days on a boat. Anytime I get stressed, I'm like, it's not nine days on a boat. Like this is fucking, if you do that, I'd never been on a boat before. It's a whole crazy story, but I'd be like, it's not nine days in a boat. So I can just do this. And I think people give up too, too fast because they're unwilling to go through. Like, it's not great to go through it, but when you go through that sort of thing and you get through the other side, like yours, yours wasn't just business. Like it was, like you said at the start what you were qualified in and then you're saying halfway through that story i ended up at six and a half stone wasn't eating sleeping all your notes from all of your college going through that degree or whatever going here i mean what the fuck are you doing here this is terrible (laughs) but you just forget forget it that you know that and you move on but i think people give up too easily and, and that's why i like that story it wasn't year one was a mess and then all of a sudden you just succeeded it was and we fucking had to go into year two. It's probably kind of, I was, whenever you were telling that, I was thinking about how little you like confrontation. You're like, look, I don't want to have to deal with this. Tell this man I can't afford to pay him. We'll just do another show and hopefully pay him off the back <laughs> of that and just keep it rolling. Um, yeah. So you've loads of hobbies and things like that as well on the side of your business. Do you think that's because you had let yourself go to the dark side in that period of time? Do you think that's why you're not strict on your hobbies, but it's why you make time. Like I love when you go back to Scotland and I follow on your story because it's like, like the last one was, this is the coffee shop that I, now you're just having a wee coffee and chatting to people instead of I lived here and worked here. And then the next thing you're out playing golf with mates that you've had for, for years and just seeing that it's not like, and that's when you're coming back to run a big, massive event with all of your private, not all of us. Cause I didn't get over it this time, but all, all of the clients. So it's not like you're coming home for a holiday. You're coming home to work 
but the balance is incredible to watch and it helps it helps me because I, i've always had a good balance well not always but I, I have a relatively good balance i always make sure i get out and do a few things that keep me seeing but to see someone as successful as you and i'm like fuck he's out golf golf takes a hit just that's at least seven hours just, I've only really watched Happy Gilmore, but at least seven hours, I'm assuming, <laughs> golf-wise. Um, do you think that's what keeps you... I know I laughed about being humble earlier, but you are very humble in what you do. Like when we come back, when everyone comes back with, remember that wee thing you told me to do and I tried? And you're like, yeah, it's exponentially improved everything I was doing. And you're like, oh, that's brilliant. And it's always back on me. So if it's me coming back, I came back to you recently with something and it was all on me. It wasn't like, of course. This is what I do. This is this is me. Do you think that's what keeps you on solid ground now? The fact that you went through all that, but you surround seem to surround yourself with people that want to see you improve and that want to be successful and are successful as well. And then you make the time for that. Do you think that's what keeps you humble and grounded? Uh, I think the the hobby side of things is probably one of the the major things that make my business work uh, by having those interests outside of business, it, uh, it creates so much momentum, happiness, energy, all of those different things that are so vital to being able to, to execute on your business. Cause we're, we're all in business as coaches in which you have to be relatively switched on seven days a week you know, mm. to, to some extent. I mean, you can have the times when you switch off, sure, and, um, you know, and that's really important. But there's rarely a day where you don't have some sort of element of checking in on your clients or something along the lines of it, you know. And so for for me, when I was in uh, the SFN days do it, running the big events, the turning point for me with SFN really like when I really started to build momentum with it, it was when I realized how to get myself out of depression. And that was uh, through a video um, on YouTube by Tony Robbins, right? <laughs> Where I, li I literally type typed in to YouTube, uh, Tony Robbins depression business, because he has a video on literally everything and can just solve yeah. everything, right? And uh, he was talking about how uh, a lot of people end up in depression when they're in business because the only thing they focus upon is business. Business cannot be only in one direction. So even at, even in a thriving business, there's going to be down days. And so he, he was like, so what, choice, uh, what chance do you have of having continued happiness if you have 100% of your success, failure, momentum based upon one metric, which is did business move forward today or not? And that was like a light bulb moment for me that I needed other things in my life that I could focus upon, measure and enjoy. And so the very first thing that I reintroduced was going back to the gym. And I started going back to the gym and I went five days a week or something like that. And I just started measuring everything, measured how many reps I did, how many sets I did, anything like that. So that I was making sure that every single time I went and repeated the prior workout, it was always um, either lifting more weight or doing additional reps than, than the, the session prior, basically. And so even in that dynamic, I now had two things that I could measure at once. And when that was the case, I could have a bad day in business, but I could hit new lifts in the gym and I had something to be grateful for, to um, be excited about, to feel forward momentum. And the same thing could be true if I went into the gym and missed the lift or whatever. And I was like, oh, I was stronger in my prior workout. I don't know what was going on today. Well, then I could have gone and made two stand sales that day. So I had like different things that I could draw upon. And from there, I just started when I had that big realization point that, man, this is like the secret here. This is like <laughs> the secret to happiness is to have multiple things in your life that you could potentially be feeling forward momentum on hopefully you're feeling it in all of them mm -hmm. but if not at least you can draw upon the ones that are progressing forward so that each and every day you feel that forward momentum and so that's when I brought in piano it's when I brought in golf it's when I brought in jiu-jitsu and all these different hobbies so that I could continually have other things to focus upon as well and by doing so 
it, it's, it, it brings so much energy and happiness and I don't even know how to explain it really other, other than that to, to the business. When I'm yeah. in the business, I don't feel tired. I don't feel like I'm not in the right place. But I have felt like that before, even in the business that I enjoy running. Mm-hmm. And it is, it is when I let my standards slip outside the business. When I, let, when I keep my standards high outside of business with um, my relationship with my wife, the time that we uh, take together, the hobbies that I have and, and different things like that. When I have those things in place, business is in place. And so as much as it, it seems like just, you know, to, to some people, it's, it's just having good balance and, you know, it's just, you know, finding the time and like it, it, the benefits are, are external from business. I see the, the benefits of it very much business associated as well. It isn't really my reason for doing it. Yeah, I, I, I see it as a tool for, for happiness and a fulfilled life, but I can certainly attest to the fact that business would not be where it is right now if I wasn't taking the time outside the business to do what I deem as like meaningful work. And meaningful work doesn't also need to be that you're transforming someone's life with your round of golf. But like meaningful in the sense that it's enjoyable. It's going to be an incredible like round of golf. I know exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I would notice that in in all areas of my life as well. The people that have other things in their life apart from their one sole focus are always happier, healthier, always moving forward in their business. And like whenever I was doing just the magic, and I was a performing magician. I think it was why I got hired into corporate and it was why I became a consultant for different people and TV and stuff like that. Because when I looked at a trick and everyone else looked at it as a magician, they tried to work it out like a magician, but I had so much life experience that my brain would go, oh, that's probably because of that thing. And that that does that because of that. And they're like, how the fuck did you work that out? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> but then as I got into it, I was like, it's because my real life is so varied because like what I do, I still do martial arts and all of the stuff that comes with it. And it's something I push on people, no matter what they want to do, want to lose weight. Does it need to be to the gym? Well, it could be, or maybe you should start reading books. What will that do? Just start doing it and see what happens. And then just because you're doing something that improves your, your balance in your life in general, it just helps. Uh, one of the things I'm just, because you talked about it um, recently and I've been catching up on things and watching stuff. So I can't even remember when you talked about it or what it was on, but you're saying different hobbies. One of your hobbies that I've discovered recently is collecting animals. And then you told about like an end goals. I thought that'd be a nice, cause I know we're getting closer to the end and under, under see, I just spotted the time there. Um, you have an end goal and I imagine no one would guess from what you do for a living and the type of lifestyle you, li- you live. Do you want to mention that? Yeah, it's to to have an animal sanctuary. <laughs> yeah, um, for for animals that would otherwise be put down. Um, I I've always been obsessed with with animals. When I was really young, like I mean, like when I was like I don't know five, six, seven, eight years old, all I did was jot around outside of my own looking for frogs, <laughs> <laughs> looking for frogs, looking looking for birds, and I and I mean flying birds. um cutting about the highlands looking for any sort of animal life um and i really wanted to be a vet right back then and the funny thing is is that um i i tried really hard to be able to be a vet but you need ridiculous grades to just potentially get into vet school um so you like i I think the the pre-qualifications for it were something like um three three A's and uh, two advanced higher A's that you had to have like to get into to that type of thing. I'm a standard B, C student when I work really hard, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, when, when I'm in, in school life, when I'm outside of where 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 I do quite well. Um, so when I'm studying history and English and I can't, I can't spell anything, thank goodness for spell checkers. Um, I like I had no chance and I worked really hard in school, like not really in school itself, but outside of school, I actually did a lot of studying myself and I even got private tutoring to try and get into university. Um, but I had no chance of ever qualifying as a vet 
So I ended up marrying one. <laughs> so, <laughs> so she's a vet. Um, although I've now seen what kind of stress comes along with uh, with being a vet. That's a that's a tough job right there. It's not all mm-hmm. just play playing with animals. But um, we we spent um, when when was she off? She was off last Wednesday. And so in the afternoon after we had done our live Q and A and everything with the group, we 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 went to. Um, like a, an animal rehoming center and we we do that quite well i say quite often like we've we've done it quite a few times going to the animal rehoming center and we just go around the animals and just go around the dogs and go right go into the cat rooms and stuff like that and um it's so difficult not to take them home we've got a rescue cat and she's the best um but i mean sh- she's actually the reason why we don't have anything else because we, we've taken a couple of dogs in here and she just mauls them <laughs> like she she, she 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 was a feral cat when she was found on a building site um uh, a couple of years ago and so she does not take well to other animals <laughs> but long-term goal is still uh, being hopeful that she'll accept some other animals at some point the longer-term goal is to have an animal sanctuary and that just be be the thing <laughs> it- I wanted to throw that in because I think whenever you told that story, I was like, that's kind of like the underlying theme of your life. You take broken things and broken people, even if we don't know we're broken or our things are broken and you just elevate it and fix it. And that's what you seem to be doing. Cause I see it in the community. Like I see people coming in all gung ho with their business. And when you start to break things down a couple of weeks later, they're posting going, I went back swimming. I haven't swam in ages. And I went swimming. It was fucking amazing. I loved it. And now business is going like they start to, like that, that's what happens when you get caught up in the grind and the hustle of it all. You forget that you are running yourself into the ground. And I think for me, when you told that story, I was like, that's just, it's not in any way shocking because that's kind of what you do in work. You take, you take everything and you just tweak things a little bit and make everything better. So, um, and then it just shows to the character of you that you want to, I kind of felt like when you were telling the story, though, your cat that used to be feral was like eyeballing you, like you're not getting anything. <laughs> I was like looking at her down there, yeah. and I was just like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. <laughs> She's just like, no, not not happening. Um, I really appreciate it for your time. So I'm going to ask you as a final: Have you any words of wisdom? All this was wisdomical. That's not a word. It is now. Uh, wisdom for people now listening, thinking, well, fuck, because like I was saying at the start, I have a lot of people that they want to make the extra money. Like I did, I worked with a group recently and we did dream boards and they did all this amazing stuff. And I, and I was like, how are you going to afford any of that? Nothing you put in there indicates you're going to earn any money to, to create that. You want, you want a beach house, but you're sticking it still in, going to stay in your dead end job. And like, I know, but what, what the fuck am I going to do? How could I do anything? So what would be your words of wisdom for people listening like that, that are going, I would love, that sounds amazing. Like you're not going to be a vet, but you'll probably do more good and end up by having your, I, I picture a ranch. So I think if I was going to do it, I'd have a ranch. Like, so you have a ranch yeah. with all these like animals and everything's just like a sanctuary. Uh, <laughs> so what would be your words of wisdom to get people started, get them off that just get them off the starting block and go on. Well, I'd, I'd, I'd make it a side hustle from, from the word go um, and get moving. If it's going to be in employment, into employment continuously, then just start to make the moves, like start, put it, start putting the CV out there, start taking action. That's basically it. Like nothing infuriates me more than people who talk about it and talk about it and talk about it and never do it. Or even worse, complain about the situation that they're in, but never take any action to change it. Yeah. Um, that that's about the only time I get I get frustrated with other human beings, and sometimes I'll 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 tell them that I'm frustrated with them, but I'm telling them from a place of love. Like I I hate seeing them in the position they're in and how they're feeling, but it's because of lack of action, right? And mm-hmm. that really really uh, hurts me to see them in that position and not taking action. So whatever it is that they want to see as a difference in their life, start taking action towards it and start building some momentum. Even if it is literally just the the first step, just um, take that action, go and get it done. And if you're saying also, as you alluded to the idea of, well, what am I going to do? Like, what, like I can't do anything differently. I bet there is something in your life that makes you, uh, uh, that can be a coach, right? Mm-hmm. most coaches 
are just people that have realized that they have something that they have almost stumbled upon, right? That actually has become something that other people really need, right? And so there'll be people out there who have had life experiences, good, bad, and different learnings. And that very thing is something that somebody is either experiencing right now and they're on the starting stages and they need to try and solve it. Or there's somebody that doesn't even know that they're about to fall into that step. They're about to fall into a step of their life where they're about to feel some pain or struggle or whatever it is. And you could be the person to put the the pieces of the puzzle together to help them get out of it quicker, get to the other side of it. You could become the coach for that. It's not that every single coach needs to be working upon somebody's business or marketing or something like that, because a lot of the time people will look at coaches as that. It's like trying to find a coach and people go either like business coach or like a personal trainer or something like that. There's so many different coaches out there. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I've spoken to some like weird and wonderful coaches that do like really like randomized things, but do really, really well with it because they've just niched down into something and they're in like a market of one, right? Yeah. Where there's, there, there's people that are needing this help, but nobody else has really clicked that you could do coaching in that, in that area. Mm-hmm. And so you've definitely got life experience to, to the people that are listening here you've definitely got life experience that could be passed on um, in some sort of a scenario, whether it is in a course, whether it's in a group program, whether it is just one-to-one coaching, sell people um, an experience, 90 days, 10 calls, spread it over the 90 days. Now you've got a product. Don't even need to create anything. You just need to know what the the formatting of those 10 are going to be. You've got a product. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, where do people find you when they all want to watch you build this sanctuary? <laughs> um, at Neil Shoney Mac, all one word on Instagram. It looks like Neil's honey, unfortunately, but it is what it is. So Neil Shoney Mac, all one word, is the best place to go um, to get daily tips and strategies and watch me play with my cat every single day. <laughs> I'll post everything below as well so everyone can just click the link. Uh, Neil, I really appreciate it. I'm so thankful for you being here. Thank you very much. And Thank for- you so much for, for having me and uh, for being an amazing human and a, a huge part <laughs> of the community as well. Thank you. And for everyone listening, have a super awesome day, whatever you get up to, and I'll speak to you again soon.